Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from thenextreel.com, and back we are to talk about Jon Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man, where all of this craziness began. And joining me on the show today, we have Chrissy Lenz and Nathan Blackwell from the Most Excellent 80s Movies podcast. Welcome, guys. Hi. Thanks for having us. Hello. I am thrilled. Chrissy, you are the, uh, is it the director of the National Theater? Is that right? That's close. I am the the director of uh, National Comedy Theater, or NCT is the easier way to think of it, uh, which is an improv comedy theater uh, in Mesa, Arizona. Fantastic. And then, Nathan, you're also a writer-director, and uh, you run a little place called Squishy Studios, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, So, yeah, I'm writer-director. We do at Squishy Studios, uh, usually genre comedy short films, web series, and then also occasionally stuff we get paid for. <laughs> That's always nice once in a <laughs> yeah. while to get some of that, right? <laughs> it's, always, it's always a nice surprise. Well, we are here talking about Minute 31 of Iron Man. This minute starts with Raza and Tony clearly having an intense staring contest <laughs> and ends with Raza clearly daring Yinsen to swallow a hot coal quite a fun little minute here a lot of intensity yeah it's basically kind of like a silent film moment you know you really it's like you really didn't need any subtitles or dialogue between them like you totally visually get exactly what's going on here it is nice to have subtitles though it's like it is nice to have a little bit of clarity although you know when you don't have the subtitles i i always watch everything with closed captioning so i like to know exactly what is being said both by the subtitles and by whoever is captioning things. But it was interesting to watch it in this version where it's like you're kind of seeing through Tony's eyes because he has no idea what they're saying either. Well, that's something I thought was really uh, nice to see because it's scripted in English, but it says in Urdu. Mm -hmm. So we know that they are going to want to translate it and have the actors actually speak this in Urdu. But then Jon Favreau made the decision to actually not put any subtitles on the screen here. And I think that for me, I think it's exactly what you were just saying, Chrissy, where it really makes me feel like I am in Tony's shoes at this point. I am confused. I don't know what's going on. I just feel that there is a a dark, scary threat in the room right now. And I think it makes it that much more off-putting. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. You just get the sense of tension and fear and is the next thing I'm going to say going to be the wrong thing and make everything worse? Yeah. Stress, 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 stress. Yeah. Yeah, This is the moment where Tony's really being tested. This is where he, he really has to decide if he's going to stick his neck out for someone else. It's kind of that transition from being selfish to selflessness. It's selflessness that's going on. (laughs) As close as Tony can get to the selflessness, right? (laughs) <laughs> can't well, we all <laughs> can't we just all it has been nice watching him through these scenes in the cave though as he's been learning with Yinsen and kind of growing through all of that as he's as he's making the decisions because initially he was like very reticent to even say what he was working on and only just a, you know a few minutes ago film time did we actually see him finally divulge his secret plans to Yinsen and realize, oh, this is what he's actually doing. And so it's it's it is nice to see kind of Tony moving into this place where he's he's opening up and and he's uh, kind of, you know, defending 
uh, Jensen and and uh, mm-hmm. and you know he wants this guy to stay alive and it's it's nice to see him exerting some force here with this big threat that is in the room. Mm-hmm. Tony sees that Jensen, you know, when he's put to the test is going to is not going to rat Tony out. He's he's a good guy and Tony can trust him and so Tony really wants to stick his neck out for him to kind of pay to return the favor, you know. Yeah, it's tough. Tony's not very trusting where he is right now in his life. And it's tough to know who who's a good guy, who's a bad guy. And we're like in Yinsen. And so is Tony. Yeah. Although this minute is just full of conflict because we have this great Urdu dialogue between Raza and Yinsen as they're talking about something that we don't really understand. But they have this this great conversation and obviously, it leads to a, a near torture moment, and and you have these shots of Tony just staring, like, "What am I going to do? Do I do I step in here, or do I, you know, am I am I putting myself at risk by doing that?" And it plays really nicely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, definitely very tense. I do actually have the Urdu translation for the scene here. Um, which, which actually, you know, I, so I had somebody, uh, I've been, I've been getting people from the Reddit community to do these translations for me. It's amazing what you can get people in Reddit to do for you. It's really wonderful. (laughs) They actually translated it. It's, it's pretty close to actually how it was scripted. I'll read the way that it actually translates from the film. And then if there's a really big difference, I'll let you know. So Raza, the first thing he says is what is going on here? And then Yinsen says, nothing, sir, just work. And then Raza, lots of time has passed. Where is it? Yinsen, it was hard work. We're working on it, but it's been difficult. Then Raza, drop him to his knees. Give it to me straight. What's happening here? Yinsen, nothing at all. And then Raza picks up the coal. Open your mouth. That's when Stark kicks in. What does he want? Mm -hmm. And Raza says, you think I'm a fool? Give it to me straight. What is happening here? Now, and then we kind of cut off uh, into the next minute. But that's pretty much how it's playing out in this scene. And it's actually really close to the script other than there's one part where Yinsen says he's working very hard it's very complex and the way that it was translated says it's been difficult so I mean it's pretty it's pretty accurate I think it gives a nice fleshed out feel for what's actually happening here and again I still feel like I didn't need it but now I I, it's nice to have right yeah yeah it's like a bonus exactly (laughs) exactly what's interesting in the script there's some shuffling around of the scenes, the way that they play out in the script. And at this point in the script, Tony actually still has not told Jensen what he's building. And so Tony is still being extra <laughs> secretive in the script. And I actually feel it works better the way that it ends up playing out here, where Tony actually has already divulged the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. Does it feel, I mean, I guess you guys just found that out, but does it feel like it would have changed anything for you? Well, I, I feel like it'd be weird for Yinsen to sacrifice that much potentially if it wasn't something important. If it wasn't some, something specifically important, it, it would have, to me, it would have felt just a little weird. And I like that when he's not divulging that we've got that image of like, okay, we're all on a team. We, we've got this this secret project. It could turn the tide. It could make a difference. And so, I like I, I like the current version best. I agree. I think so too. If you're if you're worried that Yinton might spill the beans in order to save himself and doesn't, it adds that extra layer first of fear of like, oh God, I let this guy know my secret. Is he gonna? 
you know, <laughs> let me down. And then, and then, you know, it adds so much more when it's like, okay, we can trust him, you know. And, and when he's saying, you know, Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Which we'll get in the next minute. Is that the next minute? Oh. This minute ends with, uh, it's just the conversation and him bringing the coal Oh, he just has the coal and, and, right there. Ah, right. yes. Yeah. Yes. So tense. Right. So scary. Is it just me or does that coal, like, it's one of these movie uh, tricks <laughs> of like the hot coal. It, it just reminds me, it takes me straight back to watching Raiders of the Lost Ark as a kid. Yeah, for sure. With, with Tot when he pulls the hot poker out mm-hmm. uh, in in Marion's bar. And it just, it's like that movie trick of like making something look really hot, like the little red light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me wonder if the smoke is actually even there or if that's just digitally added. Oh, yeah. In Iron Man, it's probably digital. You know, you, you couldn't right. in, in Raiders, you couldn't do right. it otherwise. But yeah, that's one of those things. It's like, well, that's, that can't be real at all. That has to be a light, you know. Right, you, right. Even as a kid, it's like, wait a minute. That's like, <laughs> it's still a movie. Yeah, right. Although I totally bought it. Like, I totally bought it as a kid in Raiders. Like, I, oh, I yeah, never absolutely. Have guessed, you know, <laughs> and when I say kid, I say that in quotations. I mean, like 22, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it also reminded me of just like the ADR, like all the post sound effects, you know, it's just sizzling and it's right there and just the metal and, and all the details that they had to kind of put in to really make this, this scene feel dangerous because none of that's there, you know? Right, right. Even like, I mean, the poker and stuff's there, right? Oh, sure. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure the... I'm sure the, the I'm sure the little red coal is there too. It's probably just a little thing that the props team made that kind of glows. It's like you know, it's got a little green, LED inside that flickers maybe, or something. Like a, it's green, like they're going to CGI it to be glowing later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. it's like a little green screen rock. It's, yeah, it's the tennis ball. It's the mm-hmm. same tennis ball that they always use. Them. You're right. I love that. It's it's actually just you know, <laughs> we didn't have anything else. We just used the tennis ball. We'll just use that for all of these things. That's what's on Tony's chest right now too. Is another tennis, a tennis ball. ball. Yeah. <laughs> <Digitally added. laughs> so many tennis balls in these behind the scenes documentaries that's what keeps keeping the tennis ball industry uh moving is uh is marvel movies yeah right keeping it going <laughs> although you know i always we i always look for like opportunities where it would be so easy to add just a little bit of comedy of course that's not the tone that we're going for but if you just like you know i can't find a coal that's the right size it gets it out and drops it you know just like oh shoot uh hold on hold on <laughs> Burns a hole in his right. shoe. <laughs> it crumbles because you know the pieces of charcoal—they're not that sturdy. That's true. They they break pretty mm-hmm. easily. The the hotter they are, the the more time they've been sitting in the fire. Yep. Yeah, he really he really did choose the perfect piece. He did well. He does take you know a moment. I mean, he's over there. He grabs the poker and he digs around for a mm-hmm. few minutes while everyone's watching him. So he could have been trying to find the right. Also, way. like he's in charge. I mean, honestly, he seemed pretty nonchalant <laughs> about it. Yeah, I mean, he must have. This is not his first time. No, no, right. That's yeah. how you get to be in charge as you prove how easily you can select the perfect coal to threaten someone. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the perfect coal. Mm -hmm. I'm learning so much, learning so much. What do you guys think of these bad guys? Do you like Raza and his team, the way that this all plays out? Because in the comics, it was all Vietnam. It was a totally different period of time. And obviously, they've kind of moved it all into war-torn Afghanistan to kind of fit with Mm -hmm. the times. How's that work for you guys? I, I, yeah, it totally works for me. And and then also he's he's still kind of a scenery chewing villain to where it doesn't feel like we're picking too much on 
Afghanistan, he still feels like a comic book villain. You know, I, I think he's doing a great job. He, he's he's definitely intimidating. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's scary that there's like so many henchmen. It's like him and then 20 other guys all standing there with guns. There's so many of them, like their numbers are just scary and overwhelming. It's been interesting kind of learning about all these guys. And I, I've been trying to figure out like who all these actors are <laughs> that play all these different members of the Ten Rings terrorist group uh, working with Raza. Some of them are easier to pinpoint. Some of them are a lot more difficult. But what I've been learning is that most of them are actually utility stunts players, mm. and uh, which I, I never put two and two together as far as how that worked. But a lot of times when there's action scenes like this, they'll just cast a bunch of these utility stunt players to play all these bit parts because those are the guys when it comes time to start shooting up the hallway and setting everybody on fire and blowing things up. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys that you're going to want to have. And that way you're not having an actor always having to get substituted by a, an actual stunt player. You're actually hiring these guys who are actually going to act the scenes and do the stunts. And uh, it's been an interesting kind of uh, learning process to, to start piecing all this together and go, oh, these are almost all utility stunt players in here. Hmm. It seems like a smart move, though, you know, double up your. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it does seem like a very smart way to go. The main one that we get to look at right now, I mean, obviously, we have Raza, who is not a stunt player. That is Ferranta here. But the main one that we'll end up seeing is the one who is is kind of standing right next to Yinsen. And he's kind of wearing, I don't know, it's like a little beanie sort of thing, like a little kind of yellow, looks like a yellow uh, winter hat or something. Mm -hmm. That is Ben Bray, who's a utility stunt player, who I've been just kind of digging through his page on IMDb, and I realized that this guy has done a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> he started out doing a lot of actual stunt work, but he's moved into like directing and stuff. And, and at first it was like second unit directing and stunt coordinating and all that. But now he's actually moved into directing TV and like he did a few episodes of Arrow and now he's got his first feature coming out next year. And so it's really interesting to see how this guy has kind of risen in the ranks by starting in the world of stunts. Oh, man, that guy is popping. Yeah, right. He really I mean, is. Arrow's a big deal. <laughs> That's right. I have, I, you know, I've never seen it. Was it was it any good? Yeah, yeah. And it's... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is a Marvel podcast, guys. Right, right. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. What even is Arrow? I've never it's heard fun. of it. It's fun. Yeah. It, you know, it's Green Arrow. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah. TV show. Well, he did three episodes. So, so kudos to Ben. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, here's hoping that it will he'll have a chance to actually really grow his career and do a lot more stuff. Finally work his way up to Marvel shows. <laughs> <laughs> Finally cross that line. We're pulling for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Do you guys have anything else with this minute? No, I think I'm good. I'm excited to see what happens. I know. We leave it in a very tense <laughs> state. You know, we've got poor Yinsen having his head forced down onto this anvil. And then Tony's just kind of watching. And then Raza is just like, got the hot coal right there. And that's all we get to see. And scene. What will Tony do? Very much a cliffhanger. Well, 
I guess we'll table that until uh, the next minute. So for now, you guys, thanks for joining us today here on the show. Uh, where can people find you? Um, so we both host, co-host the most excellent 80s movie podcast. Chrissy, uh, what's the <laughs> website? <for that? laughs> it's mostexcellentpod.com. And that is also our Facebook handle and Instagram handle, Most Excellent Pod and mostexcellentpod.com. Yeah, she she runs everything. I'm just the color commentary. <laughs> yeah, we talk about the 80s movies that we love and that we remember differently, and we sort of go back and watch them with 2018 eyes and see what new things we discover. Movies like Runaway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. Good. I loved it so much. <laughs> oh, Robot Spiders. <laughs> that is the thing that I took away from that movie. I don't know if I remember much else about it, but I do remember the Robot Spiders. <laughs> yep. And maybe that's all you need to remember from that one. Probably true. Probably true. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash The Next Reel. Until next time, true believers. True believers.